0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Exchange. Um, The Exchange is like the second service of the LifePoint Church, but um, built in a different way. Maybe it's your first time of worshiping with us in Life Point on a Sunday service. Can you please raise up your hand? We just want to welcome you specially. Oh, yes, Steven. You're much welcome. You're much welcome. Welcome to Life Point Church. It seems somehow, um, Falabi, could you please help with the keyboard? Thank you. I like to do like PI small, right? <laughs> yes, that's, I've gotten that out of the way. I'd like to thank God and my pastor, Pastor Busola, for the opportunity to share God's words key today. What key do you want, Pastor?
1: What key do you want?
0: You <laughs> uh, can, can do key Z or X or Q. That will work. <laughs> thank you. Um, of course, if you're here um, last week, Friday, sorry, last week, Sunday in the evening, you know that um, we started um, this service. Um, first one came up last week and um, we're grateful to God for this opportunity it's quite different from the normal Sunday service here and I kind of like it the way Falabi also mentioned it Um, we're going to go into the God's words now Um, I'd like to read some scriptures before we pray Um, there's not much time on my hand this is not fair I can see that my time is running fast all right. Um, I read from Genesis chapter thirty-seven, Genesis thirty-seven, twenty-three to twenty-eight. So for a couple of weeks now, we've been talking about greater faith in different ways: how you express your trust and believe in God in different circumstances, how you make use of, you know, God's, you know, uh, how you make use of your faith to make things work for you and also to become things or becomes in ways that god wants you to become genesis 37 23 to 28 i'm going to read very fast and probably will jump some of the verses because of the time so it came to pass when joseph had come to his brothers that he stripped joseph of his tunic the tunic of many colors that was on him i'll go to 26 so judah said to his brother what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. Go to 32. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it, that's Jacob, and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Then I go to um, um, 45, the same um, Genesis, chapter 45, 26 to 28. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive and is the governor of all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father revived. Then Israel said, not Jacob. Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. And I will go and see him before I die. Mark chapter 4. God help me. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Read from 35 to 41. On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude... They took him along in the boat as he was, and all the little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wing, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no feet? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of a man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And the Lord bless his reading of his word in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father we just want to thank you for this evening. We thank you for gathering together. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We ask that we open our eyes to see wondrous things you have prepared for us. Let the eyes of the of, of the blind see let those that require instruction say instructions today in the name of jesus i ask that you open up my my mouth to speak as an oracle from you father we thank you in jesus mighty name we have praying amen, amen. So we're going to be talking about um, uh, the anchor for this conversation today is in that Mark chapter 4 and a situation that we all are aware about. But I'd just like to read that scriptures again to us as I did this evening. And <clears throat> it's a situation, it's, it's an event that happened in the life of the disciples. They were, they were um, um, literally doing well. They were very comfortable where they were. The Bible says that they were with Jesus and Jesus was teaching a lot of multitudes about so many things. In fact, if you read you know, um, a bit before that um, particular verse, you will see that Jesus was teaching to a lot of people different parables, parable of the seed, parable of the soil, and sorts like that. And you know, um, for somebody like that, um, they were very comfortable because they were enjoying the, you know, the fame you know, and all sorts of things like that. And Jesus spoke to them in that evening after they were done and says, let us cross over to the other side right let us cross over to the other side and immediately they listen to Jesus and decides to start you know they left the multitude obey Jesus and started moving so basically they were in the will of God yeah they were doing God's will and the Bible says when they were leaving they took Jesus with them into that same boat so not only were they in the will of God God was with them but something happened something spectacular happened Verse um, 35, 36 rather. And now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, another little boat with them. And 37, and a great wisdom arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So a problem came about. So it seems to me that from their own experience, even if you're in God's will, chances are there's going to be trouble. So the fact that you're in God's will, the fact that you're doing what God asks you to do doesn't guarantee that everything is going to go smooth. From what you can see in the scripture here, there was a great wind harrow, something they don't have control over. And the Bible says they were terrified because if you see in verse, um, I think 37, 38, no, 30, verse 40, Jesus was asking them, why are they afraid? And it's quite... Um, when I was reading that scripture, what I what came to mind was these guys were professional fishermen, which means they've experienced things like this before, right? So they they they've been there. They've um, they know how to handle the water. They know how to handle waves. But when you see a professional fisherman terrified, it's like when you're flying. Maybe you're 36,000 feet above the sea level, and you know the air hostess there was turbulence, and normally the air hostess will come around and say, you know, become wear your seatbelt, put on your seatbelt, everything is going to be fine. And somehow you get a bit encouraged, but if, you're in, if you want to do a Nigerian flight, right, you'll be hearing blood of Jesus everywhere, even though, you know, that is happening. But when you now see the hostess themselves terrified, you know there is trouble. Yes, and this is exactly what was happening here, that I could just, fi- you know, picture. There seems to be a trouble. And they didn't know how to respond. They got caught up in the storm even though they were in the will of God and first thing you need to know is that in the will of God you will, can still be in, in the storm right you can be in God's plan for your life God can be with you and still be in trouble in fact you know they say that it's because shaping events sometimes present contrary evidence to the promise of God God promised Jesus promised them we're going somewhere to the other side we're going somewhere to the other side but in the journey in which they were going there was this thing called storm and yes uh, you could call it so many names some people call it trials and some people call it tribulations and some people call it shaping events but what i want to explain to us is in every of our lives there are times and circumstances there are seasons in our life we're going to go through events that are not comfortable And there is nothing you can do about it. Amen. Ask Moses. God spoke to Moses. Moses was comfortable, right? He just got married. He got married like Ejiro. And, you know, he he had kids. Had a fantastic job. What better job can you have if your father-in-law is your boss, right? You know that your appraisal is settled. Because if he doesn't score you well, he's going to come back to his grandchildren, right? And he was doing well. And at that point, one of those days, it was at work. It saw something. It saw, you know, um, it saw a bush burning and it wasn't burnt. The me will not go there because you know that, well, whatever it is, there's a bush burning, but nothing is happening. The the, the fire is there and the bush is not burning at all. I'm just going to look at that and say, okay, we live to fight another day and we move. But Moses was curious enough to go there and start, you know, um, wanted to see what happened. And God started speaking to the man, telling him about things he wants to do in Egypt, where he ran from. The picture God placed on Moses was so fantastic that he just bought it and started going back to Egypt alone. He didn't go with his wife. He didn't go with his children. He went alone and the first thing he did, he went to Pharaoh he first, first spoke to, you know the Israelites, the elders, spoke to them about gospel, everybody was encouraged and he went to meet Moses and it's interesting Moses' response, right sorry, Pharaoh's response thank you, Pharaoh just said it looks like I think you people don't have work, Abby. don't worry, I'm going to make it that now, all slaves we're not going to give you straw again go find your own straw and make if what it means is that their life was more difficult than it was before Moses came how can God send you somewhere and gave you a promise and still life became more difficult and that's why he gives you promise that's why God gives you promise I don't know what God has promised you the reason why he promised you that is because he knows that you can achieve it on your own and he knows those turbulence are going to come he won't promise you a meal tomorrow because he knows you can achieve it. He's not going to promise you tea fair for tomorrow's work. Maybe who bought to go to work because he knows you can achieve it. But he's going to say, he's going to give, he says, call him to me, I'm going to give you what? Because he knows you can achieve it on your own. So sometimes when God gives you a promise, he knows that the turbulence are coming. So he needs you to hold on to the promise. Amen. Ask Joseph. We read about Joseph, right? And I think I wanted to explain this to you that because you're going through shaping events, circumstances that are very unconvenient, doesn't mean God isn't with you. Jesus was in the boat sleeping in, um, I think, was it Luke, you know, Luke, Luke is a doctor. So he has a way of, you know, describing the situation. It wasn't actually a boat, it was a ship. And Jesus was down, 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 down. He, I don't know what he was doing there, but it was, I just, so for example, somebody like me, I don't like water, right? I've um, had to go through the speedboat a couple of times, and every single time, I'm always alive because I can't swim. The Badomi is asking, is it compulsory for us to go through? Now imagine somebody in the ship, if the, if, 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 the Bible says the water was filling up in that same boat, so chances are, Jesus was in that water and was still sleeping the deity of God and the human of God was in a boat. And the de- the human is sleeping but the deity knows that nothing is going wrong. Amen. So Jesus was there and the trouble was continued. So the fact that you're going through challenges, your boss is difficult to you, the guy left you like a left time lola, doesn't mean God doesn't I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that God isn't there with you. He's there. Amen. Second thing I want to know about shaping a verse is that sometimes it comes in to consume you. And that's the truth. It comes in to overwhelm you and sometimes wants to destroy you. Because if you could see there, the Bible says the waves already beat into that boat and was filling up. To take the boat under. Shaping events are unexpected circumstances that invade your life and sometimes threaten your very existence. I don't know whether you people have been in some sort of there there are some times with which even what you're going to you can't tell it to somebody else. Everybody's jealous that you have that new car, but they don't know that you're two months down the payment. Shaping events. You know it took faith. You know, to buy it. It took faith. Some of you, you know, some people they are on that, they they bought the house with faith, but they don't know where the next month is coming to pay that mortgage. And they're gonna go through it for maybe 12 months, thereabout. Joseph went through that situation, and you know, the picture of Joseph, sometimes when I read that, I was picturing it, I was looking at it from two perspectives: Jacob, the father that lost a son, and Joseph himself that is going through it. He went through that circumstances for 13 years of his life. 13 good years was sold by his own blood then god helped him small small but he was still a slave and you know the funny thing about whatever property a slave has is is the is the owner that owns it so even if was very successful enough to the point that he could build a house the house is not his own it's his master how can a man that is a, a free man become a slave just because of a promise just because of a promise that was been said a long time ago. For 13 years, the boy held on to the promise. For 13 years. As I mentioned earlier, please don't forget, God gives you promise because of the things ahead. And he wants you to hold on to it. I love the scriptures. I'm just looking at it again. They had no control. They can't control the sin. They can't control the wind. Their emotions were very everywhere. <laughs> you know, in verse um, what's it called? In verse 38, the Bible says, Body was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't God care? Don't God care? The situation God was that they started questioning the care and the love of God. They've gotten to a situation that they feel probably they're going to die. And at that point, all they're thinking about is where is God? Don't God care? We're going to be praying, you know, very soon. And basically, you know, praying for people. Maybe you're here or you know somebody that is here that is going through some kind of a, a tough situation that you think, that you think it, it seems as if God doesn't care. You've tried everything. You can't control it. As they couldn't control the waves, you've tried so many things. It didn't work. Don't God care. And you know it goes to you know maybe you know you are here you are saying you know I know he said this but I'm not saying it it's not working what I'm hearing on Sunday and what I'm experiencing on Monday they are two different things God told me right but what I'm seeing is left how do I reconcile God's promise with the events or the circumstances I'm going through they don't jive they don't jive. Don't God care? He told me I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a, C, you know, a CEO of a multinational company. I don't even have a job. <laughs> don't, how, how, how do you reconcile somebody that's going to lead a nation out of famine for seven years and still in a prison? Let me tell you something. God's promise does not go along with the way you think. It doesn't go along with the way you think. And that's why you have to be a man of faith. The Bible says by faith we understand that the world that we see were framed by the word of God. It wasn't something that was in existence before. You know, in my place of work, you know, I do a bit of business development, well, a lot of it. And sometimes what happens is that when we want to, you know, churn out, you know, maybe solutions or products, we try to um, compare it with what we can see, right? Especially for people that work in banks, if you want to develop platforms, most of the times you look at all the banks, what they are doing. But here, how do you reconcile building things that probably don't exist? It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes seeing things that, you know, um, um, you, 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 you most likely, you know, you know, you know, you know would, even if you tell somebody else, they'll say, you're mad. Because basically, I could imagine Joseph speaking to the prisoners and say, hey, this is what God told me. You just look at the guy and say, don't worry. You're not, keep on dreaming. It doesn't make sense. In the constitution of Nigeria, if you're a prisoner, you're not, you can't even be, a, you know, you can't you can be elected for office. So imagine a prisoner saying, this is where I'm going. What do you do when the only option you seem to have is to doubt God? The Bible says, consider it a shared gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, I'm reading James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4, you know that under pressure your faith is forced into the open and shows its true color. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well developed, not deficient in any way. Uh, Kim James version says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Some of the experiences you're going through today are benefits of what is going to happen tomorrow. Amen. Amen. What do you do? When the only option you have is it seems to doubt God, you talk to him. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. You communicate with God. Even though the circumstances were diff- was, it was, was very grave. the disciples went to meet Jesus and spoke to him and said, Father, uh, my, my, uh, teacher, don't you care that we perish? I was hoping Jesus was going to answer that question. But he didn't answer what did he do instead? The Bible says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, so when they ask him questions, you know, they said the only way you know Nigeria, I think Jesus was a typical Nigerian. The only way you know Nigerians is because when they ask you, when you ask them questions, they respond with questions. So when they, when Jesus asks, when, 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 when they ask Jesus questions, don't you care? He didn't respond. And sometimes the reason why God is not responding to our questions, I'm diverting a bit, is because maybe we are, we are asking the wrong questions. Why me? Who should it be? Who should it be? And Jesus answered them and said, asked them and said, but he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith. I didn't understand that place, to be honest. They were just coming from a faith conference. Being led by Jesus, the great teacher himself. So I couldn't understand how the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the... They've listened to inside Jesus, outside Jesus. Because after they finished hearing Jesus' teaching, Jesus he took them to a corner and explained the parables to them. So they understood what Jesus was saying. But because of the shaping events or circumstances they were going through, what Jesus could qualify is... This is an action that has no faith. Why is it that you have no faith? And sometimes when Jesus asks questions like that, you know that he's not asking because he doesn't know the answers. If it's me, I would say, if it's me, I'm just thinking. If it's me, I would say, What else do you want me to do? I'm dying. This <laughs> body's gonna sink. What else do you want me to do? I, I, I was cuckoo Jeje on my own. You were the one that said, "Let us cross over to the other side." I wasn't the one giving you bright ideas. It wasn't me coming saying, like you know Peter would do, "Let us build this, let us build one tabernacle." You were the one that told us to go, and now we're dying, and you're asking me, "I'm sorry, shouldn't you take responsibility of, you know, what you ask us to do? Shouldn't you be in charge?" <laughs> But taking it from another perspective, amen. what I could see here is, it seems the disciples forgot about what the promise of Jesus was. I'm taking you to the other side and started focusing on the problem, the waves, the wind. And as a matter of fact, when that happened, their tongue, their language, their grammar, what they were saying was different. Have you not been in that situation whereby at the end of, you know, maybe at the beginning of the of the of the year, what you're talking about were positive things. And as you get about into the second quarter, you start saying things that are not that are wrong. Watch it. It's because you're foco- you stop focusing on what the promise is. You started focusing on what the problem, what the problem is. A man of faith, focus on promise, not the problem. And you would see. In Jesus, in every situ- in, 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 in every example you've seen, every single time they brought a situation to him, he doesn't even communicate the problem to God. The Bible says, it will, in fact, at a point, when they, were, when, when, they were not, when they were with no food, what did they do? The Bible says, it took the little they have. Bible says, and he gave thanks. It didn't say, God, I I don't know how you're going to do it. We have 5,000 here calculating geometrically. I don't think this thing is going to work. We've tried simulation. We've done any of the other techniques. These five breads can do nothing. The Bible says he gave thanks. He never talked about the problem. Man's man, a man of faith wouldn't talk about the problem. Hmm. And in verse 41, they feared exceedingly. The Bible says that they feared exceedingly and sent to one another. That, what manner of a man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And as we pray this evening, my prayer is that as you go through this shaping events, that God himself will show you what manner of a man he is. I could see here that when Jesus... When these waves and winds were happening, there was a purpose in mind. Every storm comes with a purpose. It's not here to kill you. It's not here to destroy you. If you respond properly to it by talking to God and by speaking and confessing positive things, yes, it will take His time. It might be two years. It might be four years. But it ain't come to destroy. He's preparing you for your palace. David was, you know, calculating it properly. David, you know, was anointed between the age of 15 and 17 years. The Bible scholars, based on it, we're not sure what the year is. But he became king at the age of 30, or thereabouts. Saul purchased him. Saul chased him for many years. Little wonder the man did did not lose any battle when he became king. He learned from the best, the anointed king of Israel, on how to hide from his enemies. For about 13 years, whatever you're going through, it's not here to kill you, it's here to show you more of God. It's here to show you more of God. The Bible says, What man out of man it is You know, the Bible says, What man out of a man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They were fearing the wrong thing, they were supposed to be fearing God, not their problem. I'd like us to pray this evening. I believe God wants to take you to a place of understanding in Him that you've never been before. That songwriter says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is beyond borders. I'd like you to pray to God this evening. Take me a deeper level. Maybe you are here. And your faith is shaking because of the challenges, and you're asking, "It's not working." And that's what you're saying: "It's not working, God. It's not working. I don't understand again. I don't know how to go through. It's not working." I'd like you to pray this evening and say, "Help my faith. Help my faith." What bodo, out What manner of a man is this that even the winds and the sea obey? I like us to sing that song, Oceans. If you can be on your feet, as we'll pray this evening, just for a few minutes. In the next two minutes, I'd like you to just pray to God this evening and ask Him help my feet, help my feet, bring
1: me
0: to my I am. You.
1: called me out upon the waters, you called me out upon, upon the, the waters, waters, the great
0: unknown, the speed the made. there
1: I found you, oceans dear, My faith builds And I will call upon your name I will call upon your name And fix my eyes above the waves Above the waves no oceans rise When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace Higher, and you are mine, oh, mm. sing Spirit lead me, Spirit lead me where my truth is without mine, and me walk. Wherever, take me deeper, take me deeper, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence, oh Spirit. Let me walk, let me walk upon the waters Wherever you will Oh, take me deeper And my faith will be made stronger And the praise is your I will call upon your name.
0: we thank you we worship you we know you don't do miracles to show off you don't do the supernatural to flex your muscles you do it so that your name will be known so that the people experiencing it will have that moment to say what manner of a man is this that even nature obeys him We ask that you paint to us pictures of where we are going, that we know and say, I believe and I know that my Redeemer liveth, even though he slay me, yet I will trust him. You called Abraham and said, look into the sky. Abraham was in that situation that he he was just, he was just, he was just, he was just wondering, will I ever have a child? God said, come, come, let me paint you pictures. Look into the sky. Can you count the number of stars? That as so, so will your seed be. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him unto righteousness. Lord paid unto us pictures. As we go this week, paid pictures to us. Pictures that show things above the current situations and events that we are facing that we will trust you more. We have the grace, we request for the grace to speak to you, even when it feels like we are doubting you. Father, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.